0: Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle sparkingwholeness. And now get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, it's Erin Carey. Today I am speaking with Brittany Ducham. She is a community Herbalist and writer bridging plant, personal, and political. She currently resides in Western Pennsylvania with her pup, Josie. Brittany carries a passion for bioregional herbalism, social justice, and do-it-yourself culture into her work, self-publishing magazines, making small batch herbal medicines, and working one-on-one with clients. She runs Spellbound Herbals and Sensual Delight Press, and her work can be found in herbal apothecaries and shops across the country. So I am this is going to be a fun conversation. I can't wait. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I, I just want to know, just getting started. I don't know much about herbalism and, and what it entails. So I would love to know how you got started in this and what your background is.
1: Yeah. So I've been practicing some sort of work on kind of this herbal path. that can look so many different ways for so many different people, um, which is, I think part of the fun of it. Um, for almost a decade. And it really started with me with kind of expanding my consciousness as a young person and really kind of questioning a lot of the structures and mindsets of our of our society and really looking at the way we take care of each other and wanting to invest how I showed up in community and really do that in a way that was like this mutually beneficial care. And to me, and even, I guess, care in the sense of taking care of each other as humans, but also just like this broad sense of taking care of all living beings. And herbalism just felt like this way to reclaim our health, but the health of everything. Like, it just feels like it's so much more than just like ingesting a plant for health. It's also just connecting with plants and connecting with nature. And yeah, it's it's been really great. I wanted, I got really curious about just kind of like folk remedies and wanting to heal myself with stuff in my kitchen was kind of like the start of like doing a lot of Googling of like, how can garlic, you know, and this is something like, I feel like is more done today. And there are like lots of blog posts, but a decade ago, even as like an 18 year old, that felt really new and foreign to me. So just Learning about my kitchen, kind of like kitchen herbalism, and then expanding out to really feel a much more intimate connection with the world around me and wanting to know what plants were growing outside my door. That was sort of like the start of it all. And then I found a mentor and really kind of like solidified that this was like the work I wanted to do.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love how you emphasize connecting. I think that um, we've lost connection to a lot of living things in our modern lifestyle. And I, myself, I I feel that as well. I'm like, how do we get that back? You know, there are a lot of great things about living in this modern world, but there are a lot of things that there is a disconnect. And I think, you know, recent times have shown that more than ever, but I'm just so, I, I love the way that you phrase it. I think that's really important. And your new book is called radical remedies. And so I'd love to know a little bit about what inspired you to write this book and put it together. I got to get a peek at it and see these recipes and I'm, I'm well, we'll get into that later. I just want to know more about how I can get started personally, just my own health advocacy, but um, yeah. What inspired you to write the book?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have been writing for years, like you mentioned in my bio, doing a lot of like self-publishing stuff. And I just really, I mean, I just love plants and I really just wanted to get the word out and that in working with plants that like plants is activism, like herbalism is activism. It is this political act to just invest not only in your own health and your own self care, but in the care of your communities and the people that mean something to you and that the natural world is just such an amazing teacher and that like if we just by paying attention and honoring plants and fungi as these like intelligent, alive beings, that just has the potential to really just completely shift how we, I just think, interact with everything in the whole world, really. Like, um, yeah, and I just want to talk about that pretty much all of the time. So (laughs) I love
0: it. It's your passion.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. So the book was just such an honor to write.
0: Yeah. And there are some things I, I thought was that, that were fun that stood out to me. You talk about the four types of herbal energetics. I believe that's, that's the phrasing, right. You use in the book. Um, can you maybe give a rundown on that? And I thought it was fun because I was picking out, I was like, Ooh, I think I'm that one. So um, yeah, maybe you could explain it and see if anybody can kind of hone in on what they think they are.
1: Yeah, totally. So in the book, I kind of talk about it as elementals. which is kind of I think one of my favorite ways to introduce people to herbal medicine because it really hones in on how herbal medicine allows us to create really specific personalized care for ourselves. And we don't have to be that one size fits all approach that I think has taken over a lot of our medical system. So herbal energetics is rooted very much in this traditional healing framework and indigenous knowledge. So lots of different cultures have herbal energetics. And there's because of that, there's this understanding that like, the natural world is reflected in us. And so there's this real reverence for these elemental forces that are kind of out in the world, but then these indigenous cultures saw as like being a part of us. So that would be like fire, air, earth, and water. So herbal energetics kind of like expands on those four energetics. And so there's hot and cold, which exists as like a spectrum. And then there's like moist and dry. So everyone kind of exists within those polarities, kind of somewhere in a spectrum, which I know can seem a little confusing. But it really just kind of comes down to, like, what is our unique constitution, right? So a simple way to look at it, I think, too, is, like, we're already kind of intuitively doing a lot of energetic assessment. So you get a burn and you grab, like, aloe vera or you spray yourself with, like, rose water when you're feeling, maybe your face is feeling a little inflamed. So a sunburn or inflammation would be, like, hot and then you're grabbing for those cooling energetic herbs and so it's pretty much just expanding on that it can be really complex i really try to break it down in the book with lots of helpful charts and also really encouraging people that especially if you have like complex chronic health stuff seeking out an herbalist um, to work with, who can help you kind of identify these herbal energetics and where you exist on the spectrum, can really be life changing. It's a huge way in how I work with clients, and I love just introducing that to people because it it can also so it's our we have these base constitutions, but then also different body systems and then the interplay between those body systems and even tissue states can all have different kind of energetic, almost like conversations that they're Mm -hmm. going. It's really, it can be quite beautiful and poetic and like a fascinating kind of lens to look at the body in relation to, again, the entire world. Um, I feel confidently that in the book, it's very accessible for beginners, but I also, again, I love to nerd out with clients about this, and I think if if in reading a book um you're kind of like, "Huh, I want to know more, um highly recommend working with an herbalist for for like energetic stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I love the individualization of that. That is really cool and really helpful for a lot of people. I want to pause our conversation real fast and definitely give a thank you to our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. That is spelled I-N-D-E-E-D dot com. Now, just like we're talking about individualization and herbs and wellness, hiring, the whole hiring process is about individualization as well. And it's also as much about what you say yes to as what you say no to. So it really helps when you can narrow down the list to only the really great choices first. So you're not choosing between good and bad, but good and great. And that is what you get with Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three post screen and interview all on indeed get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job description faster only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your indeed dashboard indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like indeed instant match giving you quality candidates whose resume on indeed fit your job description immediately and, indeed, skills tests that, on average, reduce hiring time by... 27%. That is huge. You can choose for more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. And according to ComScore, Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites. So what does that mean? That means if you're hiring you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash spark. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash spark. Indeed.com slash spark. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Brittany, getting back to your book, I, uh, I just loved it myself and loved just the layout and how pretty it is. So, I mean, it kind of sounds like what you're saying is that your book is more kind of like a starting point for someone who just kind of wants to dip their toes in and get started with learning more about herbs and the different needs and what to do with them. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I write about a lot of plants in the book. So the charts are very much kind of like, this is what a a hot constitution type would look like. This is what a cold constitution type would look like. The same with like moist and dry. And then I kind of break down the plants that I write about in the book. I say, okay, if you're a hot constitution type, these are the herbs you could be working with. These are the practices you could be working with. And so on with each constitution type, because... And then it's like, I'm a dry constitution type. So that means it's easier for me. My base constitution tends to be on the drier side. So it's easier for me to have dry skin or have certain digestive issues more than others. And so what I grab for more and more often is making sure I'm drinking enough water, right? So it's like, I'm hydrating, I'm nourishing, I'm grounding, which of course everyone needs those things. Um, But I know those things are kind of like my foundational self-care that like I make sure I'm like self-oiling and using really high quality body oils and taking my essential fatty acids because like, it's that much easier for me to dry out and feel just dry compared to someone else who maybe is on the moisture side of the spectrum. And they're kind of always a bit sweaty and they maybe have really oily skin. So they would work with completely different foods, herbs, and practices.
0: I love that. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was trying to figure out mine and now I can't, remember, I thought it was either moist or hot where it's like, you're always going and inflammation is an issue and redness. I guess I've got a lot of redness in my skin. Is that, which one is that? That would be hot. The hot oh, That would be hot. Yeah. Okay. So th- I think some of the recommendations for hot, I was like, oh, I kind of am already doing this. Like rose water, I believe was one. And what are some of the other ones for people that that are hot?
1: Well, it really depends on, again, this is where it can get all complicated, but how the heat shows up and in what body system, right? So Mm. there are going to be different herbs. So if the heat shows up in skin stuff, rose water is excellent. There's this root called burdock root, which can be really, really great in cooling, violet leaf. But let's say you have a lot of heat. Heat can also show up in our mental and emotional states. Mm -hmm. So heat can also show up as like someone who's quick to anger or a lot of excitation Mm -hmm. and anxiety, So then you would look for cooling nervous system herbs. So that would be actually rose again is just excellent across the board. But things like chamomile, skullcap, really, I mean, blue vervain. There's so many beautiful nervous system plants that are most of the time pretty cooling in nature um, that can do so much for a person who's like constitutionally hot. And I think our culture in general tends to kind of like that hot, a lot of those, because it's excited and it's Mm -hmm. fast moving. And that's the tendency of the culture we live in is to kind of be that like, go, go, go. And so it's very easy for us to kind of, in order to to match the needs or requirements or expectations of the culture we live in, we can kind of go into excess or the food we eat Mm -hmm. can be sometimes extremely inflammatory. So it's just you know, wanting to be aware of those things, but we also want to like just be happy and live our lives. And I think working with herbs makes that kind of taking care of yourself, work, feel fun and indulgent. And you also get to kind of have this like, yeah, it's super cool that you kind of intuitively already knew that. Right. And I think we all have that general awareness of what, what our bodies need. And I think elemental herbalism or elemental self-care really just kind of taps in to that knowing that we all have. And I think that's so cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I, I think we all do somewhere mixed up in the noise. We all do know what we need for our bodies to heal. Um, it's just sometimes it's hard to break that down. And that's why I love those. And so, okay. So that was hot and you mentioned dry, you explained dry for yourself. So then there's moist and cool. And cool. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool or cold.
0: Okay. And some, and- Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, so what, what so what are the differences in those?
1: Yeah, so cool would be the opposite of kind of the hot, more or less. And so cool could show up as depression and kind of like lack of function. It could also be someone who has poor circulation. They're literally just someone who like always is carrying around a sweater with them everywhere. Um, that kind of thing. And then moist would kind of be that like oily skin tendency to be on the sweatier side. Maybe they're going back into that like mental emotional, maybe there's someone who like gets a little more weepy and sentimental more often, or part of just how they experience emotions is through just crying. You know, they there. We all have these different ways of being and, That's another cool thing about, I think, energetics is they validate each of our experiences and are just kind of like, oh, this is who I am. And it's actually really great that I'm this way. And now I can take care of myself with really specific kind of fine-tuned practices that honor this way of being, Mm -hmm. but also help you keep in balance, right? Because then you also can go into excess with something and you could feel like, oh, wow, I'm feeling... Overly emotional right now, and to the point where i can 't even get through a day the way I want, and so you can look for herbs on the other side of that spectrum to kind of balance you out
0: yeah, I love that, yeah, and I, I agree balance that is so true. we can go so hard towards one thing that it throws us out of whack, so yeah, and you mentioned nervous system regulation i 'd love to talk a little bit more about that and supporting mental health because mental health issues are just, I mean, they continue to skyrocket right now. And I think that there are people who are looking for alternatives to pharmaceuticals, who are looking for alternatives in different ways that maybe won't come with all the side effects or um, that might just be a little gentler on the system. So what are some herbs that can help with different mental health concerns?
1: Yeah. I mean, milky oat, which is like the same plant that is oatmeal that we eat um it's just going to be the tops of the oat plant uh you you take it at a different point in harvesting which is one of my favorite plants ever and so you would take a milky oat and you can put it in tea you can make an herbal extract which is going to be alcohol and you work with that and it's just so nourishing to the nervous system. And I think for those of us who feel that kind of nervous exhaustion or just like that depletion, right? We're trying to keep up with the news. We're taking care of kids and household stuff like we've never had to before. It's just a really exhausting time where we're kind of all being asked to step up and take on so much more. And I think something, a plant like milky oat just kind of buffers our nervous system and this it's really gentle it's really nourishing so it kind of just it kind of like holds our nervous system and just allows us to feel like okay in those moments it's really good for headaches for anxiety it's going to be more of a gentle herb so I like to talk about herbs especially in the book there's like tonic and acute so a tonic herb is an herb you're going to work with more long-term you're not necessarily going to take a tonic herb and like immediately feel a shift so milkyo is going to be one of those herbs that you would work with long term to just generally feel more resilient in your nervous system long term whereas there are other nervous system herbs that would be more acute and that's like i'm feeling anxious and i want to have a more immediate shift. I don't want to be anxious right now, or I'm having a panic attack, or I'm just read a news story that is really upsetting, but I need to tend to other things in my day. And so you take those acute herbs to kind of settle you in in that moment. And so one of my favorites for that is hawthorn, which is a tree, and you can actually use the leaves, the berries, or the flowers, or you can use all three. And it's just really beautiful and grounding, gently calming. Um, It has an affinity for the heart as well. It's often in folklore, an herb for heartbreak and grief, which I think can be an extremely helpful herb right now because there is just this undercurrent of grief that we're all going through as a collective. Um, So those are two of my kind of go-to herbs. I also like a plant called blue vervain, which can be really great. It's also deeply grounding. So it's going to bring, it's going to help bring you into your body, help bring the energy away from kind of the swirling thoughts, the mental chatter, bring you into your being, help with calm. It also is an excellent herb if you tend to hold tension in your body, especially tension in your neck and shoulders. So if you're someone who just is always kind of tense, and has a lot of muscle tension, and then perhaps muscle pain because of that, especially like tension headaches, working with blue verving can be really excellent. It's also a bitter, which we'll maybe get to touch on with some digestive talk, but bitter herbs really help kind of jumpstart digestion. So not only is blue verving going to have this affinity for the nervous system, But if you have a tendency to when you're really anxious, when you're really exhausted and stressed, kind of lose your appetite, um, which can be really common for people. You just lose interest in food. You're just want to lay in bed feeling stressed, right? We're exhausted. I think taking an herb that has this dual effect on the nervous system and the digestive system can be really great and helping remind you. To feed yourself to nourish yourself Um, and and it does it without like forcing you it kind of just kind of gently nudges your body to do to like hop back into its natural rhythms, which is another thing I love about herbs.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I like, that's interesting that it also impacts digestion because, you know, the gut brain connection is a real hot topic right now. Um, And you do, you refer to gut health a lot. You are very aware that that's a thing, (laughs) which I mean, it is a thing um, depending on who you're talking to, you know, but yeah, I'd like to know a little bit about other things that are healing for the gut and digestive disturbances. Because of course, if we're working on the gut, we're impacting our brain. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear those.
1: Yeah. Um, So since I just mentioned bitters, I'll kind of Mm -hmm. piggyback on that. I think working, well, there's two kind of powerhouse herbal kind of categories that I go into in the book. So one is going to be herbal bitters, and the other is herbal like aromatics. So I'll start with bitters because I, bitter taste is just so important to our our well being. Um, it really kind of starts by just even getting a salivating before a meal. And that salivation in our mouth then jumpstarts our entire digestive process in this really powerful way. So, even with like nibbling like a, a salad green, you know, something like kale, not kale, you would want to cook the kale first, <laughs> but like arugula, something like that can really kind of like shift our entire ability to digest food well um, dark chocolate also does this which i think is a fun way to like get people a little bit more excited about their health um, it doesn't all have to be just vegetable greens um, but herbs that do this are going to be dandelion root burdock root artichoke leaf, but also a lot of the nervous system herbs, which would be like the blue verving that I mentioned, even chamomile. Chamomiles, when you would drink a chamomile tea, if you would were to let that steep, so sit in the water for a little bit longer, an extra few minutes and tasted it, you would get a lot more of the bitterness. So again, that's going to help that dual, you're going to get the like the gut, brain, the calming effects, but you're also going to help your body digest your food. So bitter herbs help jumpstart digestion. They help with sugar cravings. It's actually something that I think is really fascinating is that a lot of times our craving for sugar can be a craving for bitters. So your body is wanting, and when you think about dark chocolate, how often we think we're craving sugar, But the root craving that our body is like deeply yearning for is actually that bitter taste. So I have had amazing results with clients where they come to me with blood sugar regulation problems, sugar cravings, lack of appetite and we make them a bitters formula and we can even make a bitters formula with nervous system herbs. And so we put them all in one formula and give that to them and it, can completely shift how they're experiencing food, their sugar cravings. It it's, can be really a really impressive experience to watch someone entire, entire digestive system process shift just with like one, one bitters formula.
0: Yeah, that's just a note on that. I have actually started taking bitters before meals too, just because as you age, you lose the enzymes and things you need to break down your food. And I'm just stressed, you know, we're all stressed. And I know if my body is in a stressed out state when I'm eating, digestion slows down and that's not good. So yeah, I'm a big fan of bitters, but I will say I'd love to know because I don't, I've never asked anyone this, so don't think I'm crazy, but that's the same thing you put in like old fashions, right? And cocktails.
1: Totally. Yes. So a bitters formula that you might make as an herbalist might be a little bit stronger, but it's the exact same thing. So I think I'm so glad you brought that up because that's like a great if you're someone who already has a little cocktail set up at your house or maybe you just don't want to go. I mean, the bitter taste is something many of us wouldn't find appetizing (laughs) so i think cocktail bitters are usually a little more subtle um they are using more like the citrus rind they're a little more like flavor forward so that's like a great place to start and then you just add it to your sparkling water and you're helping your digestion in that process
0: that's so interesting so a cocktail bitters could substitute if you're not ready for the hardcore bitters (laughs)
1: yeah 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 and that's my favorite thing about plants is it it really allows you to like the plants will meet you where you're at if you're there are even like let's see, so I mentioned gentian gentian is a plant that is very bitter if you're not ready for gentian, you could work with burdock root or dandelion or you can find a blend with all of them, you know, and so it really you herbalism allows you to kind of fine tune your needs. Um, And a lot of different companies make bitter blends, um, a lot of different herbal companies. But then, yeah, there's now all of these fun. I think there's a huge resurgence in like craft cocktails Mm -hmm. where like people are really nerding out on making more cocktail bitters, which you can have so
0: much fun with. So let's talk about adaptogens because that's a really... Well, in, in my world, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about adaptogens, adaptogenic herbs, and how they can be helpful, especially in times like what we're going through right now. So I'd love to hear what those are, what they do, why they're being talked about so much.
1: Yeah. Uh have, adaptogens are fascinating. It I will admit that I am a little bit I'm not skeptical of adaptogens. I'm not skeptical of the power of plant medicine by any means ever, really. Um, But I do kind of like to give a disclaimer with adaptogens. So I'll kind of go into what they are. So it's really simple. An adaptogen is just an herb that is going to help your body adapt to stress. Um, So they usually, to be an adaptogen, there's usually some sort of neuroendocrine system effect that the plant is doing. The plant is usually modulating, You're usually through your adrenals, but there are different like nervous system, endocrine system kind of interplays that an adaptogen is kind of working on. The fun thing about adaptogens is each one is different. So each one is going to also have different affinities. So in the book, I talk about holy basil, which is also known as Tulsi. So holy basil is this really great adaptogen that not only helps with like chronic stress and fatigue, But it also is this powerhouse respiratory herb. So, you know, for COVID, what could be better than taking Mm -hmm. an herb that's not just going to help regulate your sleep patterns. It's not just going to help with stress and fatigue, but it also is this beautiful aromatic plant. It's delicious as a tea. It's great as a tincture. And it's going to just help support your respiratory system. Now, my little disclaimer, I always feel like such a bummer, but my little disclaimer is just that not all adaptogens are equal. There are some in the book, I write a little bit more about the ones that are more on the like calming, balancing end of the spectrum or gentle and how they kind of give you that boost. Our culture, again, when we were talking about the energetics being that kind of like hot, our culture really asks Us to keep up all the time, go, 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 ignore the needs of your body because everything is about production. And I worry that in our urgency to keep up, we want to grab, we're like, oh, I don't want to grab coffee anymore. I want to grab adaptogens. And what I really want to encourage people is I think adaptogens are beautiful plants. And like anything, I think that you can strike a balance with them and use them thoughtfully and respectfully. But there are more stimulating adaptogens. So that would be like sazandra, rhodiola, Asian and American ginsengs. These are plants that are going to give you sometimes a little bit more zippy energy. And so I want people to just be aware that if you're experiencing chronic fatigue, burnout, if you're so depleted, And you aren't making lifestyle changes if you aren't thinking about the mindsets that got you into burnout and you're just starting to then take an adaptogen to continue to push your body through it can really actually push you further into burnout and cause harm and i just so i think plants are so powerful and they are in a lot of times much more gentle than taking a pill for something, but they can also cause us harm if we don't use them appropriately and thoughtfully, if that
0: makes sense. I love that. Yes, I totally agree. We don't want adaptogens to be the new Red Bull, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, because at the end of the day, and I, I think what I hear you saying is, is we want to use these as tools to support our own intuition and what we believe is going to be helpful for our bodies, but we don't want them to come in place of, or I just need this so I can make it through this lifestyle that really isn't working for me anyway. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And with that, you know, and I think that that's great because I I wanted to ask this question anyway, but it ties in so well, but I think we do live fast paced lifestyles. We are not in tune with our bodies and the needs of our bodies. And so then when you're talking about, you know, the idea of herbs, which is so foreign and that's new information and that's hard and like, is that just another thing? Like, oh, now I got to grow herbs or I got to go to the herb store or like, how, what do you do when somebody's like, well, that this is too new, this is overwhelming how How can someone start small
1: Great question. It can be really overwhelming i think anytime I think sometimes with herbalism, it can feel like an entire paradigm shift you're really kind of rethinking your entire way of approaching health, and that's scary and it's new and so I think, like I mentioned the herb herbs can meet you wherever you are. Um, I don't grow my own herbs and I've been an herbalist for many years and I am overwhelmed by the idea of growing herbs. So, you know, it's totally okay. And that's in my practice, what's been the most important and the most validating is again, creating those relationships. So I don't feel like I have the capacity to grow herbs. A garden is a lot of work. So I seek out the people in my community or in my region who love growing herbs. That's what they want to be doing with their lives is growing beautiful plants. So I connect with them. I support their lifestyle and their livelihood, build a relationship with them. So that's mostly what I encourage newbies to do. It's also why in the back of my book, I created a huge resource section and I list all these small scale herb growers by state and I list a ton of medicine makers that I trust and I have relationships with because when you're new to herbalism it can feel kind of bewildering and all of a sudden right you need to grow your own herbs or find the right person who's making an herb medicine and I want to give people those kind of like trusted shortcuts because there are also the internet can be a wonderful place and it can be an overwhelming, scary place where anyone can just say anything. And you have a lot of lay people talking about herbs right now or someone writing an article being like, I worked with this plant for three weeks and this is my hot take on it. And although I really encourage people experimenting with plants and like writing in their journal about how an herb makes you feel, those aren't really the experts on herbalism, like herbalists who have dedicated their entire lives to herbalism are the experts or people who are growing the plants are the experts. So I think, again, check out the resource section in the book. I also have an incredible resource section on my website because I really want people to feel confident in the in the like the teachings they're getting, the herbs they're receiving, I want people to feel like they have access to herbs that are beautiful quality. Those things are really important to me, and I think again with community building, that's how we build like robust systems of care like that span the entire country, but that also center in your little your little hub of the world. Um, I also think it's okay to start small and just pick one plant or three plants and grow them on your garden sill. Um, Not everyone has access to a garden or a backyard even. And so again, the plants, there are some plants that are so easy to grow. Grow some basil, grow some thyme. Calendula is an amazing plant that has these like beautiful orange flowers. So then, it, and you have them on your kitchen table, you have them on your windowsill. It it can feel much more approachable, I'd like to think for people, knowing that they don't have to go out and grow everything themselves.
0: Right, yeah, no, that's true. And and can they find these things in, like you mentioned, tinctures as well?
1: Yeah, lots of medicine makers make tinctures. You can also go, if you have a Whole Foods or any kind of, of like natural store co-op in your area there's a company called herb farm that's really really trustworthy they're based out of oregon so they make herbal tinctures there's also another herb company called gaia gaia makes supplements so if you're someone who you want to try herbs but maybe taking a lot of the herbal tinctures don't taste great um so taking a capsule i think is a lot easier for folks um Both Gaia and Herb Farm are higher herbalists. They pay their employees well. They grow their own herbs in the United States. So these are, to me, really good companies that, again, if you're just wanting to maybe try one or two herbs or try one blend of herbs, they're like a great start for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard of both of those and I've used both those. So that's, that's great. That's good to know they're good quality because you're right. You don't know, you know, like it's, and it's, everybody's always coming out with a new thing. Um, it is real trendy to dig into these other things and make new formulations and gosh, it, there's a lot out there. So that's, that's good to know that those are good standards to look for. Um, so what, do you, what do you hope is the biggest takeaway from anyone who reads your book or, or read your work, or um, here's what you have to say on the show?
1: Oh man, I just really want people excited about plants. I want people excited about plants. I want, I would love to think that people are thinking more critically about their relationships with themselves, their relationships with other people in their community and even just the relationships with the plants. So how do you think of the dandelion growing in your yard? You know, do you think it's a pesky weed and you spray it? Or do you look at that as just another part of your community and that dandelion has as much to teach you as I do? Because I feel like the dandelion teaches me so much every day. And I just really, I think too, that especially with the pandemic, but even just our modern age, isolation is such a hard experience that we're all trying to figure out and navigate in our own way. And I think when you can walk outside and the plants feel like your friends or an extension of your family, that's this beautiful way that you get to feel less alone in the world. And I know that has been one of my biggest shifts in my experience of mental health is when I'm feeling sad or I lived alone for many years. Thankfully, I don't have to like live alone right now, but I have many friends who are navigating this pandemic while living alone. And when they can go on a walk and feel like they can say hi to a tree, you know, they're not necessarily talking to the tree, but it's that acknowledgement of like, you're another being and we're all existing in this wild moment together. And that tree offers healing or that dandelion offers healing, which can feel like really nourishing and empowering.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I have been so obsessed with trees lately that I'm like, do I need a new midlife crisis where I just go study trees and be a person who knows all about trees because there's something soothing about being around trees and nature for me right now. And I know it has to do with. All the stress we've been under, all the Zoom stuff, <laughs> everything that's on Zoom, everything that's virtual, staring at a phone screen. I, I think there's a there are a lot of grounding properties by staring at trees instead of a screen and putting your feet in the ground instead of on whatever, you know, shoes we have them in or carpet or whatever, you know, like there's something to that. And I love that you share that because sometimes I I I have this urge to go be around trees. And I'm like, what is the deal. But that is my intuition. Again, going back to, we know what is healing for us. And if we can just like tap into that, and there's a lot of healing that's in the world around us that we just don't, we we move along in our busy lives. And so I I appreciate this time of slow down to take that into account. So I love, I love that you shared that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Trees are, trees are magical, wonderful beings. So I feel like as a young person too, like that was one of my gateways was either sitting at the ocean growing up in Florida or going on walks and sitting under an Oak tree. And I feel like I recognized, even though I didn't have this language of of health or healing, I knew as even just a teenager that I felt better when I sat next to the ocean. I think there's something humbling about these trees or these, natural places where they do kind of give us that perspective they bring us into our body and they remind us that we're part of something bigger and that the little the little anxieties of our day of course they are important but in that moment we can just kind of let go of them and we need that we really need
0: that for sure yeah so you know i'm gonna ask you my favorite question and that is if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness what would that be
1: who I like this question. <sighs> a big thing for me, especially in a lot of the stuff that I've self-published, um, is really encouraging people, which it seems like you're very aligned with this, encouraging people to think, reflect on what, what does wholeness mean for them and really define that on their own terms and al- allow for that to change because... A lot of my understanding of health is that it'll day to day it's gonna change, season to season it's going to change wholeness. We're not trying to attain some perfection in wholeness. And I think what I want to spark with that is that the plants, medicinal herbs have always been there. They have always been a part of of how we understand ourselves and understand our wholeness and so knowing that if you're getting started on thinking about holistic living or healing the plants are there for you and that like they they are rooting for you and you're not alone in this would definitely be like my advice
0: i love it so where can people find your book find out more about you
1: yeah. So I have a website, which maybe would you like me to say it? Or maybe you'll
0: link it. I will definitely link it, but go ahead and say it too.
1: Cool. It's going to be spellboundherbal.com. So that's a great way to find me is, and then you'll also get to see all of those resources that I was talking about, which I'm very proud of. I'm also on Instagram, which would be spellboundherbals. So one has an S one doesn't. Um, those are the best places to find me. And then my book, you can find really anywhere online. It's for pre-order right now. So Barnes & Noble, any kind of indie book place. I always want to support the indie the indie bookstores. They really need us. It's, of course, at Amazon. So yeah, wherever you would think to pre-order a book, that is where you can find mine.
0: Great. Well, this was such a fun conversation. I knew it would be, I was looking forward to it and I just, I know I learned a lot. I know listeners probably learned a lot. And so I just appreciate you taking the time to be on the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This has been a really great conversation. I've really enjoyed it and I love talking about plants. So thank you for giving me time to do that.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.